Welcome to episode 95. Back in the day, Tess, we used to do cheers. Sorry. Dang it, I can't even get through the intro. We used to do cheers that were like 91, 91, 90, 90, 91, because that was your graduating class, right? Okay. 93, 93. So all I could think of was 95, 95, 90, 90, 95. That's what the sophomores would, You, as yeah. the head cheerleader, you would lead the the pep mm-hmm. band and the crowd and the high, yes. the high school students in that cheer, and they would stand up and represent their class. Makes sense. 95, 95, 99, 95. Anyway, let me start again. <laughs> I can't help it. Any reference to the 90s just takes me there. It's episode 95, and we are Jen and Millie, a Gen Xer and a millennial who share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We're your hosts, Allison and Tess. 90, it's 90, hard for me to stay. 95, 95, and I mean, you can't even do that. You can't relate to that at all. Um, 2012, 2012, 2020, 2012. <laughs> and I remember even at the time, I don't know where futuristic is for me, but I remember even at the time thinking about what the hell are these kids going to do? What are they going to say? Because it's such a cool cheer. 2001, 2001. It's really, um, it's, those are the things that I think about that really take up space in, in my brain. Um, and ironically, uh, I can do, I can't tell you where I parked, but I can do an immediate flashback to me leading, you know, high school, um, body in a cheer and watching all of those. I could tell you which kid was in what, what class based on when they stood up for their year. Crazy. Of course. Mm -hmm. That's so great. Not good at math. Not good at math, but I can tell you, I could tell you what graduating class they were in. I can also tell you um, my sense of direction is based on North Parking Lot from Exeter High School. So anywhere that I am, <laughs> if I need to get my directional bearings, I put myself facing North Parking Lot at Exeter High School. Population, Exeter, Nebraska, 600. And that helps me get my bearings. Love it. <laughs> That's so great. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. It's good to see you. I see you wearing a Foo Fighters shirt. I am sorry for your loss. Um, that I saw that news and they were, I mean, they were touring. Mm-hmm. They were about to tour. Like, it's never I, great so, when the music world loses, oh. you know, someone big. So I, um, I'm glad. Yeah, I am rocking my Foo Fighters tea today, but, um, I am kind of amazed at how well the people in my world know me. Mm. The number of people who reached out to me to say, oh my gosh, I immediately thought of you. And I thought, wow, you know, I, I don't have a connection to Taylor. And ironically, I was in Austin and I was with, um, music people, people who love music. And we were actually discussing drummers who also sing. Because it's so rare. And also what you have to do if you are the light and sound people, if you have a drummer who's the singer, because you can't read their cues, they're tucked behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking about the rarity of drummers who sing. And I love me good music trivia, you know, like mm-hmm. anyway. And I prefer it comes organically. Like you just mm-hmm. sit across from me and share with me, you know, we'll just riff. And so we were talking about drummers who sing and they had pulled up like the list of all the drummers who are also singers and they were quizzing me, like, you know, giving me hints. Of course, you know, Ringo Starr came up and Mm -hmm. anyway, right about that moment, my friend Cole said, oh my God, Taylor Hawkins died. And I, I just, he said the look on my face was just absolute shock. Mm -hmm. And so in Austin, I had gone to see a a kid who grew up in Exeter, who opened for Blackberry Smoke. And so Cole was like, Oh my God, you know, Taylor Hawkins too. And I said, No, Cole, I don't know Taylor Hawkins. I said, but this, this just crushes my Mm -hmm. soul for a thousand different reasons. So I had to go home. I had to go back to the yeah. I couldn't stay out. I was just so bothered by it, and it's really stuck with me. Um, I also didn't want to think it was drugs. You know, I wanted to think it was, like, COVID-related or, 
he's 50 and it's a heart attack. And it, it bothered me so much in so many different ways. But um, I watched the Grammys, like I always do. And uh, Billie Eilish, of all people, wore a T-shirt with Taylor's face on it in tribute to him. And one of the things that I've noticed, I mean, Taylor was just a stand-up human. And the tributes to him from all different genres of music have really been fantastic, which is a testament to who he was as a person, but also that everybody has shit to deal with. Mm -hmm. And everybody has demons and struggles and um, addictions and challenges. And at the height of a career, that can still be an issue. Mm -hmm. So um, thank you for acknowledging my Foo shirt. The other thing, too, I wanted to mention, um, obviously music is the heart of me. And I'm learning just how much I miss writing music notes. And um, my friend Matt suggested I do a music podcast. And I am I'm very much considering it. And actually, when I go home to Nebraska, I'm going to do an interview with a couple, um, Jamie and um, her husband. Jamie is a, a mentor. But Jamie and her husband, because I accidentally ran into them at an airport not too long ago, Jamie came up to me and said, Allison with teammates, right? You trained me a long time ago. (laughs) And we just got to chatting. We have probably been at 15 of the same concerts, not knowing that the other was there. We, We know a lot of the same music. Anyway, Chad, her husband, creates a playlist every year. Like the, it's not necessarily new music, but it's Mm -hmm. like the playlist of the year. I've just started listening to it and it is so good. And so I reached out and I said, when I'm back, how about we do an interview for my stories chapter and talk about how the two of you have made music a priority. They travel for shows, um, just a cool story. And then I wanted to interview Chad a little bit about how he puts together his playlist Mm -hmm. of the year, which is also, I think then maybe going to lead me to a new music adventure. All that being said, it takes me a long time to get from point A to point B. Have you heard of Hurdle? You've heard of Wordle. Wordle is the phenomenon where everybody's like guessing. Yes, I've heard of Wordle. My beloved bonus daughter, Shanna, got me started on Wordle and then said to me, but hey, do you know about Hurdle? And I said, "Uh, no. Hurdle is an app that gives you one to two seconds of a song. And then you guess it. Oh my gosh. And oh, do I love this. I love it so much. Um, so you can either skip your turn, you can make a guess, and if you're wrong, you know, it gives you the, the red square. Mm-hmm. If you skip to go to a couple more seconds, it'll show up as a black square. Um, it, it's, mm. it's very similar to Wordle, but it's song. Wow. And I got the first one, which was an Al Green song within a second. But some of the other ones have been harder. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't get the Spice Girl song, and I was really disappointed in myself about that. Um, but the intro to songs is an entire mm-hmm. conversation I could have. Yep. Like, most people don't know. There's some Tom Petty songs that have a much longer intro that's what than what is played on the radio. Mm-hmm. And that Spice Girl song had a way, it's like a click, 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 walking down the hall intro to this mm-hmm. song before they got to the song, which was the... Tell you what I want, whatever that song is. I don't know. Spice Girls. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so you'll have to check it out. Um, hurdle. These are good uses of my brain. Absolutely. And really good uses of my energy. I love it. And my strengths in it, action. It makes me really happy to see because I think last time we talked, you were a little like I don't know the right word to say this, like almost like down in the dumps about your word of the year and like your like muse, your outlet for your muse, right? Which hasn't, you know, I feel like you were a little like, oh gosh, this is not what I wanted it to be. And I had all these plans and it's not coming to fruition. And so I love that you've come to a place of like, okay, there are these serendipitous moments that I'm going to grasp and I'm going to take and I'm going to make something out of it. And Um, Mm -hmm. I really love that. You know, I've been thinking, you know, I love music as well. I've been thinking a lot about, um, about that lately because I've been sharing some of my music with my friends here. Um, now that like, I know them a bit better and they know me, so they don't like 
listen to what I listen to and think that, you know, I'm seriously depressed or something like that, that, you know, friends have <laughs> thought in the past because I've been getting, okay, so I will admit, so have I ever told you I went through a huge grunge phase and like, yes, and it was during our, this was back when we did video casts. We did, oh yes. Okay. So I went we discussed huge, it and I tried like, to like ugh. picture you in flannel and I just didn't, no, I couldn't, I don't know that I ever really wore it, but it was the music. And so I, and I was a huge, like went through a huge phase where I listened to the cure and like disintegration is one of my favorite albums, like of all time. And, um, and so anyway, so I've been listening to to them again and like kind of like as a cornerstone of what I've been listening to recently but anyway that's like a huge long story of some of my friends came over because we had class moved online due to COVID and we were already on campus it was just a couple hours beforehand the instructor was like we're gonna move it to online we haven't already been on campus um but um but anyway, so they, you know, I live on campus, so I was like, okay, come over here and we can hang out. We were working on a project together that was going to bring us right up to class. And so they, they came over to my apartment and I played vinyl for them. And they were like, we knew you had this. We knew this is a big thing in your life, but like we've never <laughs> experienced it with you. And it was funny because these two friends in particular, I had just introduced them to Penny and Sparrow because I went oh, and I'm saw them. them. I went and saw them. It was my third time seeing them live. Um, they're one of my faves, but I saw them uh, just uh, earlier, like last week. And so they were like, oh, who are you going to see? Like, tell us more about them and send us some of your favorite songs. And so I told them about, you know, about Penny and Sparrow. And then I got to play some of their, um, you know, some of their music on my on my record player for them here, which was just really, really cool. So um, one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to. I had not been, you know, it's a little off-putting for someone with high context to be in a new music venue. Like, I know oh. in Omaha, I knew all the music venues, so I knew right where yeah. I wanted to be. I knew how early I needed to get there based on the crowds. DC's a different mm -hmm. music scene. So I'm, like, you know, wading into the water of when do I need to get there to get the kind of seat that I want and what is should I expect from what the venue's like. Um, this was a new venue I haven't been to. I've been to one other so far. Um, and then I have a third venue coming up with a few um, more people I'm coming to see in the in the early summer. And um, this was probably one of my top five concerts ever. Oh, yes. It was intimate. Yes. It was, I was right up at the stage, like right on the side, like there was no one in front of me. Like they were, cool. I mean, their opener was incredible. I hope it's the same opener, Annika Bennett. Um, she was incredible. Um, and I've just, I mean, I've seen them so many times. And so it's really cool to, to hear the evolution of their music and having found them when 10 boom was only out, right? Like I'm talking like 2012 all the way to now when they've had, you know, multiple albums and a lot more, like they've gained a lot more kind of traction with their music. Um, yeah. Anyway, I can't remember where I'm on. seeing them. I'm looking it up. I'm going to see, oh, they're Gothic. So I'm so excited to see them. And interestingly enough, Tess, um, so a couple Sundays ago, I got to see Wild Feathers, who are one of my all-time favorite bands. Stop. One, I mean, I have their vinyl, you know, autographed. They're one of my favorite bands. And they were at a place here in Denver called Globe Hall. And it's like in this tiny little neighborhood in not far from Mission, which is a brand new venue um, in Denver. But tiny little bar, you walk into the bar, there's like four people in there, okay? And then you go past the bar. It's very similar to, um, uh, oh my gosh, um, not Slow Down, not Sydney, in the Omaha. The waiting room? The waiting room, but that other place that's, the waiting room's oh, here, and then you go around the lounge. corner. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you come in, and then there's a bar, and then you go through these doors, and there's the venue and the stage but mm -hmm. this is this place is old 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 so get there this is a great story by the way i took a date that i should not have taken and i knew this almost immediately because i said what was the last concert you went to and he said hootie and the blowfish oh red flag red flag, red flag. oh it should have been a get out of the car so 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 many so many so we we get there and I am I walk in there are not even like 45 people at the show. So the opener finishes up, we're sitting outside at the bar. 
the band starts to warm up. We walk in and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most intimate venue. I am seeing one of my favorite bands of all time. And I got hootie person next to me. And so they, I love them. I love Wild Feathers. They all sing. They've got great harmony. But, they, you know, maybe they're having a couple off moments. He turns to me and he goes, seriously, you like this band? And I was like, um, you can yeah, I love them. Yeah. I love them. I love them very much. So I was kind of like, and I'll get to why this is relevant this conversation when we talk about holistic view of strength. I am such a people pleaser. My most, one of my most beloved bands, one I've been looking forward to seeing the whole time. Mm-hmm. I held back my adoration and my typical Allison at a show behavior. I'm watching all of these people around me who are dancing, sing along to every word. Mm-hmm. And I'm with this guy who doesn't like them. I'm more contained. I'm feeling like I should be respectful of the fact that I'm, I'm trying to respect the fact he doesn't dig it. That's how much of a people pleaser I am. Okay. And in my, so my, oh, it makes me sad too, but in my brain. Okay. I am recognizing that, which is new. Yeah. I have recognition of you aren't even being yourself because you are concerned about how someone else feels. Yeah, that's good. So fast forward, end of the show, Encore, they come down and they are with us on the floor. Acoustic, just singing. I mean, it's it's got such a Lumineers, what's the that video where the Lumineers are like in this mm. circle and people around it. It's just like that. Yeah. And I am, I mean, my eyes are wide and my mouth is like gaping open because I'm so happy. So I just walked forward. He stayed way back. And I just walked forward and stood with my with your my people. fellow Wild Feathers people. <laughs> and I, I am realizing there's a whole lot of reasons I should just go to a show by myself. And I've got tales upon tales of bad dates that like I almost missed, almost missed Houndmouth because of another situation. Oh yeah. Miss the opener and oh almost missed the entire show. So I've got tales of, mm-hmm. upon, you know, I mean, what's new when Allison has horrible dating, dating and relationship. <laughs> yeah. But related to music, mm-hmm. I should just go to the show by myself. Mm-hmm. because somebody is potentially going to take something away from that experience for me. And I have gone to a lot of shows by myself here. Um, some of them are sacred because they're a band that someone I care about introduced me to, and I just want that experience for myself if I'm not going to go with them. Some I've gone with friends, which have been great, but I'm so in it. Yeah. But my woo mm-hmm. really struggles with Woo plus empathy. When someone else isn't feeling it, I have more feeling and concern about their experience than I do about my own. And that is, I know we talked about it last time, but I, the holistic approach to woo for me has been an investigation of boundaries and why I settle and why I will modify, adjust to make someone else feel the way I want to feel. Yeah. That is woo out of balance. That is woo not um, in the most positive place. It's serving to other people, but it's really not serving to me. Mm-hmm. And what I'm learning about chapter and the mystery of chapter is that this is a season of my life where I do get to choose for me. Mm-hmm. So, I need to be doing more of that and not, not being selfish, but being self-aware to say, look, if your last concert was Tootie, maybe we should go. Maybe our first date shouldn't be a band that I love and that you will most look more It wasn't even a first date, Tess. That's even worse. It wasn't. So I knew this. I knew this going in. This is a person who said to me, I don't really like music. And you still went on a, I'm sorry, you still went on a I, date period with him? <laughs> come on, Allie, come on. You should know so yourself when I'm, better by now. 
Okay, right there, that statement. You should know yourself better by now is what plays in my head all the time and is part of the reason I am now trying to name some of those things that will um, put my woo out of balance or put my boundaries out of balance. I, by the way, it didn't work out. No surprise. Shocker. Shocker. But I was really wrecked by that. It bothered me a lot. And I, I started to really think about it. Why is this bothering so, me so much? And it's not about him. It's about me feeling stupid and foolish. Mm. And that is an absolute yeah. basement yeah. of my strengths, but also of the narrative I have about being quote unquote smart. Mm. And so when I started thinking about, you know, holistic view of my strengths, I also am trying to take a really holistic view of myself. Um, started this fabulous book called how to do the work by Nicole LaPera. Um, it's hard work. It's really good. And I wanted to read this quote from the notebook that I chose. I, when I read something that makes me think or makes me want to document what I'm experiencing, I choose a new notebook with intention. So amazingly, this notebook, which took, I think was a Christmas gift that took till spring to get to me, um, is from Tess, is from you. Um, and when I opened it, I loved this quote so much, but now it, it goes so in hand with, we talked about holistic view of strengths. Nicole is a holistic psychologist. Mm-hmm. And so I want to read this. And they don't give credit to who this is, who this quote is from. So I just thought maybe you, you made it up and wrote it on here. Just kidding. Um, that it does sound like you. Finding yourself is not really how it works. You aren't a $10 bill in last winter's coat pocket. You are also not lost. Your true self is right there, buried under cultural conditioning, other people's opinions, and inaccurate conclusions you drew as a kid that became your beliefs about who you are. Finding yourself is actually returning to yourself, an unlearning, an excavation, a remembering who you were before the world got its hands on you. And so here's my connectedness showing up. I start this book. I go to look for a new journal. Here's this. Mm -hmm. We talk about holistic approach to strengths, front-facing, rear-facing, external, internal. And I have this experience where the things that are the most important to me, like seeing wild feathers on a very intimate stage, I was in a out-of-balance place with really all five of my strengths. I, because of our dialogues and because of some of the reading I've been doing and because of self-awareness, my brain knew it. Like I actually am standing there thinking, look, Hootie, don't go, don't be here. Like you don't, this doesn't feel like magic to you. And, but at the same time, I was like, oh, it doesn't feel like magic to him. I need to adjust so that he doesn't have a shitty experience instead of thinking this is my moment of magic this is my experience and so all of these tie together to remind me that if if we don't have a holistic view of ourselves radical honesty truth-telling and have people in our life who are willing to be mirrors who are willing to say whoa like you saying what you went on a second date with somebody who doesn't like music. Like I have a lot, I have amazing humans in my life who are not afraid to hurt my feelings. They're not. I have amazing humans in my life who will hold the mirror and say, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I need that because my strengths don't always play to the mirror. Yeah, they play to the audience. They're naturally very external facing. Most of your strengths. Yes. Yeah. So thank you for um, planting seeds that will, at times, it's actually more like little um, floor lights or little solar lights on path that 
all of a sudden they light up when I need them to. And I'm like, oh, there that is. There's that learning that I didn't think I needed to apply right away. Or when did I think I was going to apply it? That in the most simple and regular of moments or amazing moments, um, I'm reminded. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so good. Oh, I love that. And I love how you've identified like part of your step step for growth is recognizing these moments where you did something or you adjusted yourself for the sake of others rather than doing innately what you needed to do for yourself. And I think it's important because so often we, you know, in my mind or in, I'm trying to articulate this, like when I read a self-help book, right? It's like, do what you need to do for yourself or, you know, like do the thing or whatever it is, right? Where it's like part of the step of growth, even if you can't, even if you're not in a place to taking that action, recognizing and saying, I could have captured more magic had I gone alone mm-hmm. or had I shed the, the need to take on his poor experience and try and manage his emotions and his response rather than being in my own, right? And so I think it's important to recognize that like you are doing work, like just there, like saying, okay, I recognize that this was not like, this is not ideal and here's how I could have made it less ideal or here's how I could have made it more ideal, right? Um, And that allows you then to slowly, there will come a time where you can predict that reality or say, oh, there are a lot of very similar ingredients in this situation, like, you know, and so maybe I'm gonna make a different choice and and see what happens. And with age comes getting to the answer faster. Mm. Um, my friend Deb, who uh, I met by chance in Littleton, I happen to be sitting at the right place at the right time. She is a phenomenal teacher of this to me. Mm. Um, she is older than I am. And um, we talk a lot about matters of the heart. And she's good at reminding me that that's how I lead and that's who I am and that that's something to be treasured. But as you get older and you have experiences, you have speed, a quicker sense of I'm making a mistake. A quicker, like the learning becomes not as exhausting. It's like, oh, hmm, that won't stretch out for eight weeks. I'm going to take care of that in four days. Um, And that piece, I think, when we think about our strengths, is so important. You know, we talk about raw and mature. That has nothing to do with age or experience. Mm -hmm. I think it has to do with the recipe of really good use of those strengths as tools, as superpowers. Really good application and awareness. And I have a client that I've been coaching. She has really high self-assurance and she's so self-aware, which comes natural to her. Self-awareness, I think, comes natural to people with high self-assurance. I have really low self-assurance. So Mm -hmm. self-awareness takes me the gathering of research, the reading, the writing, the practice, the external interactions of other human beings in order for me to learn the self-awareness lesson. It takes me longer to get there than maybe someone who has higher uh, self-assurance or maybe even some of those other strengths that I think just naturally exude confidence, like belief. To me, people with high belief just have natural inner compass. Um, Those are some strengths that I have to pull from my less dominant talents. And that that is challenging for me. Yeah, but I think like the more and more that you have the experiences, like it, it's just like, and, and that's why I love the distinction between doesn't, you noted that it, it comes easier with age, but that's not always the case. I think it's the the wherewithal to make a, a not like a proper, like make an intuitive moment where you stop and reflect on an experience or something that happened in life or a situation where you're like, you know, because normally those situations are happening and it's like, oh, yeah, it was a bad experience or, oh, yeah, like that person was mean. But to reflect, and I think part of this goes back to your your word of choice, too, to reflect and say, how much agency do I have in in preventing something or changing the situation? Did I have agency in that situation? How can I apply it to to something similar that comes up in the future? 
Agreed. So did you dive into your strengths holistic view? I did. So I think we had we had walked away and here's what I what I love the difference between how we did this. Um so um I just picked one of my top five themes to write like an actual definition. But I think I was thinking a lot about um I think thinking a lot especially um yeah, just in light of all of the changes, you know, in in my own life and, you know, just how my strengths have shown up differently, but how they've shown up really the same. And so, um, this actually, I I actually got a lot of inspiration. I will note here. I didn't know that I was really going to talk about this a whole lot, but I was interviewed on a podcast on another podcast about my Enneagram type. And so it's really, it's like, it's similar to us. Like, it's just like pretty chill down to earth. They do content like specifically for people with my type. And there's a lot of females. It's two women that run it. And there's a lot of females that listen. And that's just really unique to number one, find females with the type that I have in the Enneagram. So anyway, you can go way back to our Enneagram episodes. They're in the forties somewhere, I think 42 or 43. I love that you know that. Um, They're somewhere back there um, to, to discuss, to learn a little bit more about it if you don't already know. But, um, they were having a hard time. They, this podcast deals a lot with subtypes. Um, and, um, the based on it's Catherine Favre, I think is her name and she's an Enneagram person. And she has a, a theory that seems to be gaining a lot of traction that everyone has their dominant, but then they have one dominant themes or their, their tri-types, sorry, not their subtypes. Everyone has one dominant theme in each of the main realms the head the heart and the gut right because your 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 strength naturally or your number one type naturally falls into one of those three and then you Mm -hmm. also have one in each of the other two that you don't naturally fall into that's more dominant than the other two types because it's all triads so anyway here i go not really talking i was like i don't i want to talk about you about it Allie, but not really on the pod but i love this but anyway so um they were having a really hard time finding someone with my specific tri-type because it's not, it's kind of a weird, um, unique, you know, there's not a lot unique of Unique is a better word. I like the, weird. Sorry, I like the word weird. unique. It, it's like, yeah, it's statistically improbable. It's probably how I would say it, right? Because it's like people with my type tend to be like gut, action-oriented, and then the other kind of um, tri-types that I have are very cerebral, intellectual, and then very like emotional and really in tune with emotion. And it's like the pairing of those three don't naturally go together. When you think about the other tri-types that someone could have, like high energy and adventurous, um, perfectionist, like always doing everything right. Like when you think about the high energy that comes with my type, the other two subtypes that or the other two tri-types that I carry with my tri-type kind of identification don't naturally pair well. So it's kind of a little bit of a contradiction. Um, And that's how I've always described my top 10 strengths, right? And how I always struggle with personality assessments that like become dichotomous. It's because I'm not just head or heart. Like I'm not just processing like a thinking versus a perceiver you know perceiving Mm -hmm. person I'm not just an extrovert nor an introvert like I feel like I sit and I tow all of the lines really Mm -hmm. closely um which is why I've loved love love strengths is because I have you know in my dominant themes only thinking and you know relationship building strengths and that's how and I feel like those things in the study of personality and psychology tend to be opposing things like you're either highly rational or you're highly relational and you can't really, and I feel like I'm, I'm both (laughs) like, I feel like I'm both a lot. So anyway, so long story short, I was in this whole, like they sent me a bunch of questions, which I just loved. So I journaled about them and to, to prepare for this interview. And, um, and it really helped me think like a lot about my own strengths too. And so it brought me to a place specifically, I knew that I'd wanted to, um, I knew that I'd wanted to write a holistic definition about learner because I feel like out of most of my strengths, well, I love my learner, as we all know. I tend to write a lot about my learner. But as I was thinking more about it, I feel like I've been plugging into my learner more because I'm in a context in which my learner is my job now, right? Like, it's my job. It's your world. It's It's your whole whole world. world. It's my whole world now. But what that means is I don't plug into it for enjoyment naturally right I'm having to find those moments of plugging into it purely for enjoyment right whereas that came a lot more easily in 
previous contexts of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so I was like, I kind of really want to write about my learner because I feel like I'm learning, I'm learning more about my learner <laughs> in in yeah. this place in which I'm naturally my whole world is learner, but these moments where I get to. Um, where I have breaks or where I know that I need to have a little moment of like self-care or something, I still gravitate towards learner type things, right? Like that most obvious holistic, you know, caricature example, like your example of the people that you met um, that do the yearly playlist um, uh, is that I went on a spring break trip um, with Alex and I met up in Wilmington, North Carolina, and we're sitting on the beach like, you know, and she's like, just like watching people and listening to the waves. And I'm like, I never go to the beach unprepared because there's so much time. Like I always read something and I kind of wanted to close my eyes. And so I put in, you know, AirPods and was listening. And, um, and Alex asked me what I was listening to. And I was like, I kind of don't want to admit what I'm listening to because it's super dorky, but I was listening. Was to it Hootie and the Blowfish? It was Hootie and the Blowfish, actually. No, <laughs> it was Hootie and the Blowfish. No, it was a, um lecture series on the history and culture of Russia. (laughs) Sounds joyful. It was. Relaxing. It was so joyful and so relaxing. Um, It wasn't, probably not (laughs) relaxing. There was a whole lot of war and bloodshed in Russia's history, but it was, it was like my perfect, it was like, I, that's, you know, that's you. Russia had just invaded Ukraine, and I'm like, I know the main points of Russia history, but I want to further understand what's going on in the world. And so, I there was a great courses lecture series on Audible for free, and so I was like, okay, perfect. I'm just gonna start listening, and it was one of the best things I've read this year for sure, or like listened to this year. So anyway, um, in that definite in that though, I did actually write. A holistic definition that tapped into all four of the kind of all four of the theme domains so I am gonna read that for you now so here is my holistic definition of learner I have always described my learner like a well deep and open to explore but wells are finite and have an easily reachable endpoint therefore I have come to find a better analogy for my learner in that of the ocean It has been said that 95% of the ocean remains unexplored to the human eye. An often reported anecdote is that we know more about the surface of Mars than we do about the ocean floor. While some find this reality scary, mysterious, threatening, I find it fascinating and I find it to be the best holistic description of my learner. My learner sees life like the ocean, deep, unexplored, an enigma, full of a multitude of causes, a plethora of questions, and an infinite number of answers. To some, this may seem daunting, overwhelming, or too immense to even consider. To the learner, this reality poses the greatest source of energy and a singular life purpose. Within the enigma of the ocean, we find not only practic academic quests for knowledge, but also a a simple thirst for all-knowing a thirst to know the challenges a friend might be facing so you can enter into the fight alongside them, a thirst to know what the best possible steps are for accomplishing a task so it can be easy and it can be a part of flow, a thirst to understand the historical, socio-political, and psychological factors that influence world events and their impact on the people in the world, a thirst to apply knowledge in such a way that it brings forth effective leadership and therefore systemic change. A thirst to see others come alive in the pursuit of their own knowledge. Questions always beget more questions, and the cycle of unknowing to knowing to unknowing perpetuates the whole life long. Unlike the ocean, however, which will at one point be fully known, all knowledge will never be. That reality drives the learner. It gives the learner purpose. That is a learner life well lived. Embracing the enigma embracing the mystery, embracing the unknown, for it provides the context in which one can learn forever. Beautiful. Um, I will encourage you to share that in our show notes. It's much more eloquent than I went to a show and it did not end well. Um, but I, I love the ocean 
as, and it's a surprising one for me to hear from you. What wasn't like, I always see you at the desk, right? When you describe your learner or the chalkboard or professor tests with her, um, science experiment when she was trying to teach data to people. Like I, I see, I, and we've talked about this before. I have a vision of learner on you that is within my own limited view. Mm-hmm. And it's, even though I have low context, it's based on previous experiences because it's tied to emotional moments or relationship connection moments. Mm-hmm. So what I was thinking as you were sharing, and I was thinking about our strengths related to the conversation you had about Enneagram. So it's mind, heart, gut. Head, heart, gut. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Head, heart, gut. What I was thinking, it's been a long time since we played word association. I was wondering if we should do our top 10 in quick word association, is it mind, is it, is it um, heart, is it gut? Okay. Yeah. Um, but I don't know my top ten. <laughs> of course. As I soon know. as I said that, I was like, oh, I don't know where they are. Um, achiever, uh, connectedness, learner, positivity. I might have to look a little bit. But I think that's a really good exercise, holistic exercise for people to write those, to write that out like you did, or for people to reflect and tell a story about their strengths holistically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm giving some homework to our listeners so they can write it out like you did. And I hope you'll share that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. They can tell a story and please don't share that story in the show notes. It's on here and I, it's a terrible example that I'm a little bit embarrassed about. And the other could be a quick word association with mind, heart, gut, connection to your strengths. Mm-hmm. So I think you can play this game in a couple of different ways. You could do how does this strength show up in the mind, one word, heart, one word, gut, one word. Or you could do a quick is this strength a mind strength, a heart strength, a gut strength. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I think it's much better done with a top 10 versus just a top five. Hmm. I know I have my full 34 somewhere. Do you want me to find them? Yeah, you should. I'm the worst. Yeah, what the Please heck? don't tell anyone. Exercise. And then I was thinking All the I listeners. have to have them somewhere. But maybe I You're, you're going to pause this and edit this out, right? That Allison doesn't know where her, her full 34 strengths. Doesn't even know her top 10. No, I won't. You know I won't. Oh, I can just log into Gallup, you idiot. Allison, jeez. I have Gallup access now. Okay, I have them. Okay. I have them. Okay. It's uh, Achiever, Individualization, Connectedness, Positivity, Learner. Okay. All right. Where does How would you like to play this game? Do you want to do it? We come up with a word associated with that strength with mind, body, gut. Just mind, body, gut. How about just mind? Just say how it's functioning for you right now. Is it in your mind? Is it your head, your heart, or your gut? Okay. Are you ready? Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? You can go first. Do you want me to ask you or do you want to ask me? (laughs) I'm really good at at creating rules and like on the fly and saying, hey, Tess, we're going to do this. You have your top 10 list in front of you. So I think you should just rapid fire your own. And I have mine and I'm sure you don't remember mine. Okay. So it's mind, heart, gut, right? Mind, heart, Um, gut. Head, heart, gut. Head, heart, gut. All right. I know you're going to edit all that for me. All right. Number one, input, head. Number two, communication, heart. Number three, strategic, gut. Number four, woo, heart. Number five, empathy, heart. Number six, achiever, mind and brain, head and whatever it is, head and gut. Number seven, of individualization, 100% gut. Number eight, connectedness, heart and gut. Number nine, positivity, heart. Number 10, learner, brain, mind, head. Heart. (laughs) (laughs) Why that was so hard for me. I think it's because I always say mind, body, spirit, mind, body, spirit, mind, body, spirit, you know, is where, where my soul lands. Okay. Okay. Any surprises to you when I was rattling those? Um, individualization, you say gut for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, it's my, it's, 
I yeah. Mean, I'll say that it's my it, intuitive yeah. way yeah. that I show up is yeah, by sure, sure. thinking about how the rest of the world might be feeling, which sense. is probably more of an individualization plus empathy. And I think, and, and that's strategic, and it definitely manifests that way a little bit for me, but I think because you have a ton of heart, like you're heart heavy, right? Which we know Always. naturally because yeah. of who you are. So it makes sense that you would use something that might fall into heart elsewhere um, for other people as a, um, as a gut, as a gut strength. So, okay, I love it. You ready? I am ready. Okay. Okay, context head. Adaptability gut, strategic gut, learner head, individualization heart, connectedness heart, ideation head, intellection head, empathy heart, input gut. So you'll have to listen back and tell me how many hearts I had and how many yeah. guts I had and how many heads same, I had. Same. But I was thinking you were head heavy. And but that makes total sense to me. So yeah. think about domains with this. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like I that's mean, that's such a beautiful, yeah. gosh, what a great way for me to better explain the domains to some of my clients. Yeah. Asking them, is this, uh, do you feel like this domain is more head or heart or gut for you? Mm-hmm. Because that's how we do things. Yeah. I love that this book that I'm reading, which is so common sensey, which I lack, um, it's like you can't treat anything without ad- without addressing what's going on in the brain and the heart. Like you, we are one whole human and one whole person, but so many avenues, so many approaches to our health, um, medical treatment, mental health. They separate them out. Yeah. And her approach is it's the whole. It's mm-hmm. it's everything. And it makes a lot of sense to me when I think about when my strengths or when I am under pressure, tired, pissed off, hungry, mm-hmm. I show up less than my best self. Mm-hmm. But what I'm starting to learn now or address, I guess, is how much of that is related to my heart and the narratives I've told myself about what wholeheartedness looks like yeah. or what That's good. I mm-hmm. think it should look like. Um, so there's just a lot of uh, facets to it. And I think I'm just like, I don't, I hate the, hate the phrase peeling the onion layers. Mm-mm. I hate Agreed. it. Agreed. Hate it. Because no one wants to go to a soup supper to learn about themselves. I'm like, no. So to me, it's more like this unearthing or discovering or radical honesty, radical truth telling with myself, but also with the help of others who are mirrors and are giving me true feedback yeah. and that's about required. how I show up holistically. It's required mm-hmm. though too, because we always talk about this, like our mirror is foggy or it's distorted or it's one of those, like you can read dressing rooms have slimming mirrors in them, right? To make things look better on you when you go try things on in store. Like, you know, it's like our mirrors in our own selves are distorted. And I think it also largely like when you said that you need mirrors like because you are so like outward focused I was thinking I naturally am so introspective but that also necessitates mirrors in my life from other people because the narratives we have going on in our own head are not accurate either right and that requires Mm -hmm. us like we need community we need people who know us and are willing to tell the truth about who we are and what we're doing and how they perceive us it's never going to be 100 percent, right but it's like put like like a paint by number situation i was trying to give a good analogy right where it's like they've got some of the colors of the paintbrushes i have some of them right and so like we're trying to piece together like together this holistic picture of who we are um at any points in time and that's why i love like people who've been around us like our family forever right have a very particular view of us and I'm like I'm learning that you know my friends here at school have a very particular view of me because they've you know met me within the last year and met me in a really particular context and so we don't just need people who tell us the truth we need a multitude of people right but you know like we know and like we've talked about here relationships move at the speed of trust and so getting to that point of being willing to take someone's feedback honestly isn't isn't always readily available but it's important if we're like 
really if we're in a place where we really want to you know do the work to get to know ourselves better to uncover who we are amidst i love that quote which is why i was like i just have to get it for you because i loved it's it too. so beautiful i'm like we are not a ten dollar bill in a winter coat pocket that we put away like we're there but we just have a lot of expectations and a lot of external voices that have been put on us um who say you know, who tell us who we are. So we start to think that at a certain point in time, right? And so part of part of doing the work in the context in which we talk about it is shedding ourselves of those expectations to get a as accurate a picture as we can, you know, of who we are. So I would encourage our listeners to think about different ways to approach the holistic view. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you can capture it in a story that you share with someone else, or maybe you write that story out. Um, I hope your story doesn't start with Hootie. Um, and, or you could write it out and use a beautiful metaphor like the ocean, which was, Tess, that was gorgeous writing. Um, or you could do word association for yourself or, or play that game with someone else. I'm such a big fan of that game. Yeah. Um, and because it just gets right to the rawness. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a... However you do that game, it's so revealing. Yeah. And I used to do it with the kids sometimes, you know, when they were little, like when we needed to get to the root of something, I would have a word somewhere tucked in there. Yeah. Um, and then just a whole bunch of other random words. But I do think a holistic approach mm-hmm. to the best of you, your strengths, but also where those are out of balance, where you're out of balance, where you know work needs to be done. And I think naming your mirrors and I have I've tried to say to the humans in my life who are willing to be brave and 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 brutal with me thank you Mm -hmm. for doing that because growth will only happen when there's radical honesty um involved I I could I I can get a lot of fluff Mm -hmm. but what I really need is someone to be direct and real with me absolutely I love it look at you running back our, our action items today. I don't know if that's happened. I usually am the one to run us back. Um, I love that. That's so good. Well, I cannot wait to hear people's responses. So please, please email us, message us, let us know where you're at on this journey of coming to a holistic understanding of where you're at with your strengths. So thank you everyone for tuning in to episode 95 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share the responses to the questions we pose, the best way to do so is by giving us a follow on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time.